Blog Hello, this is Ginger Linda, and welcome to the Ginger London Show. And today we're doing part four of Friends, Foes, and Fellow Christians. Tonight we're talking about the fine art of friendship. And for those of you who have been listening in, you know that uh, we did part one on uh, talking about what type of friend you are, having you to take a look at yourself to discover what type, uh, what are your motives behind wanting to be a friend, um, knowing who you are and why you're connecting to people and for what reason. In this part show, in part two of the show, we did friendships that destroy toxic relate, uh, toxic uh, friendships and relationships. Um, we talked about that we were created uh, by God to have a relationship not only with Him, but we were created to have a relationship with other fellow believers, and uh, we were created to be connected to one another. And it's through that connection we find a sense of belonging, acceptance, closeness, and commitment. And we said there are times when people uh, who don't, who are disconnected from others can uh, have a tendency to uh, be isolated and lonely. And because of that, they begin to connect to people uh, uh, for the wrong reasons when those feelings become overwhelming. And so they connect themselves uh, to people or groups that accept them. And usually those relationships or friendships are superficial acquaintances. They res- result in betrayal, hurt, and uh, abandonment. And then uh, what develops is what we call toxic relationships or friendships. And we said in show two that toxic relationships or friendships don't work. Um, they hurt and they sometimes destroy. And we talked about what it means to be unequally yoked. And uh, we talked about emotional and spiritual blackmailers. In um, the third show, we talked about stopping the madness, how can two walk together except they agree. And in part three, uh, we started with a series of questions. And we said, have you ever found, uh, have you ever been involved with a person who was all wrong for you and not realized it until months or even years later? Um, Have you ever had a habit of mistaken drama and tension for true friendship or love? And we um, have you ever wanted a responsible, matured friendship or relationship only to end up with an irresponsible, unreliable friend who uh, drove you crazy at times? And so we said in that show that if you answer yes to any of those questions, it was time to stop the madness. And one way to really stop the madness is to stop yourself in the madness. That means that you have to take control of um, who you are and remove yourself from the toxic friendship or relationships. On on tonight, we're talking about the fine art of friendship. And uh, the friend, the word friend is defined um, by Webster as uh, one attached to another by affection and esteem or an intimate association. And so we'll discuss tonight the four strong qualities of good friendship, which are interest, love, sympathy, and sacrifice, and how each of these qualities must be present in the lives of each person in the friendship or relationship. And I'll also discuss on how to establish and maintain healthy friendships and relationships with others that are mutually beneficial to everyone that's involved. And so tonight we'll deal with friendships in general. What does the Bible say about friendships? We'll talk about the top five characteristics of a good 
uh, friendship. We'll talk about the marks of a good friendship. Uh, I'll give you ways to be a good friend, and we'll talk about um, some points to maintain um, a good friendship, and then we will conclude with the fine art of friendship. And uh, and so uh, for those of you who have not had an opportunity to visit our website, the website is www.gingerlondon.com. That's G-I-N-G-E-R-L-O-N-D-O-N.com. And there you'll find the manual that this teaching comes from, Friends, Foes, and Fellow Christians, um, for your purchase. And you'll also find some other um, materials that will help you in your spiritual growth and your walk with God. Also, you can sign up to become an e-club member where we will send you out a newsletter with our heart-to-heart newsletter, which will be an article that will help you in daily living. Also, I will send you emails when we have upcoming events so you'll know what's going on in the ministry when we have special promotions, those types of things. If you go to the website, the website again is www.gingerlondon.com and become an e-club member you can uh, stay abreast of what's going on when we're having events, uh, when we're um, we'll have send you out emails on special shows that are coming up right here on Blog Talk Radio. Also, you can be uh, get information on our products and also uh, just stay abreast of what we're doing. So let's start off. Uh, let's begin the show on tonight um, with prayer, and we'll go into talking about uh, friendship. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on this evening. We bless your name, holy God. We uh, come to you in the name of Jesus, and we're asking that you search our hearts, remove anything that is not pleasing in your sight. We pray that everything that goes across the airways on tonight will be blessing, will be uh, to your honor, and will be a blessing to your to your ears to hear. And we thank you for this opportunity to reach uh, people globally uh, for your glory. And Father, we pray tonight that anyone that's listening, that's struggling with friendships, relationships, that something will be said tonight to help empower them, that they will become better friends and that they will have the, the tools to select and make um, and establish good friendships that will last a lifetime. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So again, thank you for tuning in. And so we're going to talk about uh, the art of, uh, the fine art of friendships, what it takes to actually establish friendships, what does it take to be a good friend, what it takes to select people who will make good friends, who um, will become uh, good, long-lasting friends. So we're going to start off by talking about what is the Word of God says about friends. And so what is the mark of a true friendship? And we find that in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, where it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is, be- uh, is born for adversity. So a friendship is at its very best when it's not in prosperity, not when everything is going on really good in the friendship, but in the time of trouble. That's when you know that you have a really, when you've connected to a person who is a really good friend to you. When they want to be a friend with, not only when things are going good in your life, but when you hit a time of trouble, that they're always there to help you um, in that. So some friendships we have are fleeting, and then some are lasting. And so that what we want to do tonight is um, help you to establish the skills that it takes to actually build uh, friendships that are lasting, that are lasting, that are lifelong. True friendships are glued together with bonds of loyalty and commitment. How do you recognize when a person is loyal to a friendship when they're committed to the friendship? Um, what, what, how do you know when a person um, um, is going to be there through whatever uh, situation you're going through? Good friends or good friendships are those that remain intact despite changing external circumstances. In other words, no matter what goes on, whether you're, uh, uh, there's a disagreement about uh, difference of opinions, 
disagreement on issues or uh, points, uh, when you have established a good friendship with someone, it can move even beyond that. Because in friendships, you know that you're two different people. And so you have differences of opinion. You'll see things differently. You have different characteristics. You have similar likes, but you also have some uh, things that are uniquely different about um, uh, each of you. And so one thing you know, we start with Proverbs seventeen seventeen, is that a friend loves at all times. So good, strong friendships are those friendships that are bond with loyalty and commitment, and they remain intact no matter what's going on. Okay, so what is what? what um, let's talk about some of the what things that get in the way of friendship, and and some of you will be able to identify with these things because you've encountered them, and so you find the struggle of establishing uh, good friendships. Or relationships because there are some things once you've established that friendship that gets in the way of maintaining a healthy and wholesome friendship. One of the things that gets in the way is jealousy. And when you read in First Samuel uh, chapter eighteen verses five to three, you read about David, Saul, and Jonathan. And so jealousy is the the great dividing force of friendship. Envy over what a friend has. Uh, will soon turn to anger, bitterness. It causes you to separate yourself from the one you truly care about. And a lot of times people can um, easily become jealous over careers. Uh, if, if your profession is more lucrative than the other person's profession, if they're not careful, they'll be uh, jealous over your career. They can be jealous over spiritual gifts. You know, uh, maybe you've discovered what your spiritual gift is. That person has not. And so they're struggling with knowing uh, their gift, and then they see you moving and operating in your spiritual gift, and rather than encouraging and, and being there for you, the enemy convinces them uh, to become um, jealous of you operating in your spiritual gift. Also, people come, uh, your friends can become uh, jealous over material possessions. If you have better quality of things than they do, or more than what they have, or they have something that you have something they desire to have but don't have at the moment. Um, if they're not careful, they can become jealous over that. They can be, become jealous over family relationships. If you have a, a strong, close-knit relationship with your family members and that person does not, if they uh, are always at odds with their family members, there's always strife, there's always some type of uh, a disagreement or um, there's um, a connection with their family that's not as healthy or, or, or pleasing, then they can become jealous over that. And interesting enough, People can, uh, your friends can become jealous over compliments that you receive from other people. Um, you know, so if you're somewhere with a friend and somebody compliments you on what you look like or they compliment you on your smile or your hair or they may compliment you on your suit that you're wearing or they compliment you on um, other things that they notice about you, then if your friend doesn't receive those same type of compliments, they can easily become jealous over compliments that other people make about you. So there are some things that actually get in the way of friendship, and jealousy is one of the number one things that get that will get in the way of friendships and relationships. Also, um, another thing that will get in the way of uh, friendship is um, respect. When respect or reverence is seriously damaged in a friendship, even the closest friendship is at risk. And I want to read to you what Psalm 41, verse uh, 9 says, and it says this, um, even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, whom I ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. 
so when you lose respect in a friendship or when respect is lost in a friendship or reverence for one another, which is a, 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 another form of respect, then uh, serious damage can be done. You know, when you think you're in a good relationship with somebody, then all of a sudden they've lifted their heels up against you. When they no longer respect you, when uh, they're doing things behind your back to actually uh, uh, against you or to bring you down, then you then you there's a, there's real damage that can be done when the person loses respect for you or when you lose respect for the friendship. When it gets to that place, that is the time to make a transition. It's where you need to begin to end the friendship as opposed to uh, using the friendship uh, for revenge or using the friendship to launch attacks against that person's character or what they're doing. Um, that's when you have to then make a decision that it's best to actually make a transition out of the friendship. Also, um, when it gets to this place when you've lost respect, as I said on another show, you have to decide whether or not that friendship is salvageable. And if it is, then if you're trying to restore that friendship or salvage that friendship, then forgiveness is the only way that you can restore broken relationships or friendship. That's, there has to be mutual forgiveness. And forgiveness is uh, you releasing that person from being indebted to you because of things they've done about done towards you, things they've said about you. So forgiveness is what helps bring restoration to the friendship or um, brings uh, salvation to the friendship. So what, the two things that I have found that gets in the way of friendship, number one is jealousy, and then number two is when you have lost respect of reverence for the person in the friendship or for some of the people in the friendship. Because sometimes friendships are a group of people and not just one or two people. Sometimes it's a group of people. And so when friendship, when respect is lost among a group of people or even depending on how you have that friendship, then there, there's some serious damage that can be done. So uh, what do you do when you're having trouble um, making friends or maintaining good, healthy uh, friendship? And uh, sometimes we struggle in that area because we all go through times when it seems like our friends have uh, deserted us. They're not there when we need them the most. You may be working on a project and you need some help and you call all your friends and all of a sudden everybody's busy. They got their own thing uh, going on. And so um, it's, it appears as if they're not uh, available to you or they're not there or there are times when you're going through tough times and um, it's a situation where you feel isolated and, and, and sometimes we need to be isolated because we need to work through some things that we're going through. It's not for other people to give us opinions and get in the way of what God is doing in our lives. Sometimes it's necessary. But then there are times when you feel like um, uh, when you take that that feeling and you uh, question the friendship, you know, and, and so you wonder, you know, where, the, where is the friend when I really need them the most? And so let's look at a situation in Job chapter 19, verse 19. It says this. All my close friends harbor me, and those whom I, that I love have turned against me. There are times when you're going through something in life, and it feels like that. You know. But a person who is truly your friend will be there when, when you uh, go through that situation, when you're going through it, and even when you come out of it. Like I said, there are times that you have to process what you're going through, and God wants you to process it or go through it alone. So... Uh, when we get to those type of uh, situations, sometimes it feels as if the friend is not there. And the reality is they are there, but there's nothing for them to really do. But then there are situations when you do actually do have friends or people you become friends with. And when you go through a time of trouble, they don't want to be bothered. And they don't want to help you through it. They don't want to know anything about it. They shun you. They don't want to talk about They don't want to uh, discuss the situation with you. So when you have a friend like that, again, 
then you have to make some tough decisions. Because if you go through a trying time more than once and they're never there for you, then you have to make some decisions about whether or not that's the best person to actually be connected with. And so um, whenever you are having trouble making friends, whenever it feels like you're isolated and when you, if it feels like you're deserted, that you have no friends, remember the word of God tells us there is a friend that will never leave us and never forsake us. And so if you ever find yourself in that place, you have to trust God and believe that God is going to send people to you that will not that will not desert you, that will not um uh, shun you when you're going through a difficult situation or a trying time or when you're not at your best. So, and until God sends uh, those types of friends into your life, you have to remember that he's the best friend that you could ever have. And so while you're going through that period of, uh, I'm going to call it, um, um, feeling alone or uh, feeling like you've been isolated, just remember that God is always there and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And so there are times when we go through that. So uh, if you want to begin to build a good friendship, if you're feeling like isolated, you want to reach out to people, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it tells us exactly what is the best way um, to do that. And it says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. So when you begin to show acts of kindness and generosity, it, it attracts other people to your life. So even if some friends have forsaken you, if they've left, they don't want to be bothered, and you begin to pray for God to send you friends that will stand or be loyal and committed to the friendship, begin to show acts of uh, kindness and do some gener- things of generosity for other people, and God will use that to attract people into your life, and it will be an attraction that will draw the right people into your life and not um, the wrong people into your life. And so those are some of the basic things about friendships um, that we want to talk about. So let's look a little bit more in detail, talk about a little bit more detail about what the Word of God says about friend. And the Word of God tells us what a friend is. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. I'm going to give you some scriptures that you can um, go and read at your leisure. But um, one of the things that God tells us about a friendship, as I just said, is a friend is loyal in his support in both good and bad times. And that's Proverbs 17, 17. That's the scripture that I just read um, to you that a, a friend loves at all times. The second thing that it teaches us is that a friend is faithful, even when we when we disagree, uh, when he must disagree with our opinions. In uh, Proverbs chapter 27, uh, I'll read that to you. Chapter 27, verse 6 says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kindness of an enemy are deceitful. And what we're going to focus on is faithfulness are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes it is necessary for a friend to tell you things that are hard to hear. Sometimes it's necessary for a friend to just speak the truth in love so that we can grow up so that we won't make bad decisions or if we made a bad decision. I know a lot of times when you've made a bad decision, you don't want anybody um, telling you about it. You don't want to talk about it. But a good and true friend will be a friend that will uh, talk to you, discuss the issue or the matter with you, even when you disagree with that person or even when it's hard to hear what that person is saying to you. A true, faithful friend a friend that is faithful is one that when they disagree with uh, your passion, your desires, or some things that you're adamant about, you can still maintain that friendship with them. A friend is one who feels uh, your pains and expresses uh, sympathy during times of adversity. In, um, in Job chapter 6 and verse 14, you read about um, what, how Job's friends were uh, towards him when he was going through what he was going through. But also, a friend is one who lifts the heart and brings encouragement and hope. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 9, it says, Ointment and perfume delight the heart, and the sweetness of a man's friend gives delight by 
party counsel. And when a friend truly loves you, they will counsel you according to the word of God and bring encouragement and hope to every situation of your life that they know about. So when you share things with your friend and um, you're going through something or, again, if it's a bad decision or whatever the case may be, a friend knows how to bring a word of encouragement to the friendship to the situation through what you're going through. What you have to do as that person on the other other side is receive it in love and then apply it to your life if necessary. Also, a friend is one who makes us stronger. So uh Ecclesiastic of chapter nine, I mean Ecclesiastic four uh, verses 9 to, through 12 says this, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up the lift up lift up his companion but woe to him who is alone when he falls for he has no one to help him up again if two lie down together they will keep warm but how can one be warm alone though one may be overpowered by another two can withstand him and a three-four cord is not easily broken and so a friend is one who makes us stronger so whenever you're going through something if you fall the person lifts you back up if you need uh, counsel the person is there to counsel you the word of god says a three-cord um, strand is not easily broken and so the value of that friendship is important uh, a friend overcomes our loneliness and always seems to be there when needed. And so a friend is always there. There's never a time when you can feel lonely or feel alone and call a true friend and they won't be there to comfort you. Or even come over and say, hey, I'll pick you up. Let's go to the movies or let's go take a ride or let's do something. Let's go to lunch. Let's go to dinner. A true friend knows how to help you get past the feeling of loneliness or being alone. Okay? And so... What we can learn from the Word of God is that a, a friend is loyal in his support in both good and bad times. A friend is faithful even when we must disagree with our position. Also, a friend is one who feels our pain and expresses pity during times of adversity. A friend is one who lifts the heart and brings encouragement and hope. A friend is one who makes us stronger. And a friend overcomes our loneliness and always seems to be there when, we, when the person is needed. So how do you find and keep friends? How do you do that? So the Word of God even teaches us that. Number one, to make friends, we must do our part to become friendly. The Word of God says he, um, he that has friends must first show himself friendly. And it goes back to doing things of generosity uh, for other people. It, that draws the, uh, the right types of friends towards you. But you have to be friendly. If you're mean-spirited, if you're ugly, if you're always down and out, if you're always depressed all the time, if you're always sad all the time, you're not going to draw good friends towards you. Nobody wants to be friends with somebody who is always in that state of mind, who's always like that. Mean-spirited people, it's hard for them to keep friends. Um, uh, because they're always saying mean and hurtful things. If uh, if you're depressed all the time, instead of praying for God to send you friends, you need to pray for deliverance or get counsel. Do what you need to do to come out of that depressed state because depression kills. And so if I'm always talking to you, you're always depressed about your life, you're always sad about your life, then it's time to get some help. Okay, so... Number two, generosity attracts people and provides the opportunity to develop friends. And that's what I said a few minutes ago. That's Proverbs 19 um, and 6, and so we read uh, that. But generosity does wonders in drawing people uh, into a friendship with, um, with you. And, uh, and uh, a lot of times people are concerned about when other people take advantage of them or people are uh, – 
take my kindness for a weakness. And, you know, but those are the things that you can be concerned about because you can pray for God to give you a spirit of discernment and you will know um, uh, how to detect when those people do not have your best interest at heart. Also, friends are found uh, friends are found with those who uh, we agree with. And we said in one show, Amos 3.3, how can two walk together except they agree? You know, uh, people that you want in your life or people who are like-minded, who are serving the same God you're serving, who are uh, kindred spirits, you know, they enjoy some of the things you enjoy. They talk. They like the conver- types of conversations you like to have. Uh, people who are always against what you're doing, people who are always speaking, um, uh, who are, have a, speak a different language, who have different lifestyle practices, different behavior uh, patterns uh, in their life, the lives, those are not the people that you're going to make the best friendships with. It's going to be people who are like-minded, um, who have kindred spirits, who can be connected to you, who can be joined as David and Jonathan were. They were joined in their souls. I mean, their spirits were joined together. They made a covenant agreement. It's those people that you're going to have good, healthy friendship with, those that you can actually have a covenant with where they respect you and that they're not trying to um, uh, tear you down in any capacity. Also, um, we make friends and keep friends by not abandoning them when they need us. So it's friendship is mutual. It's not just them giving you something. It's also you giving something to the friendship. So just as you don't want somebody to abandon you when you are uh, in a time of trouble, if you're going to be a good friend, then you're not going to you a good friend doesn't abandon another friend when they're going through uh, their times of trouble. You have to be there for that other person. You have to be there when they need to uh, talk things through, when they're making um Decisions. You have to be there for that person when they're going through uh, something. So you can't abandon a friendship when they hit a snag in life or when they are challenged with something in life or when they are uh, in a crisis situation. Or you can't abandon the, situ- uh, the friendship when, let's say, they are on their job and they have to do overtime hours. And so they don't have time to go and hang out with you because they have to do the overtime hours. So you can't get... Um, offended when you can't get the attention that you want to get. You have to be able to withstand that friendship. You have to know when um, uh, you have to actually make an impartation into the friendship. Also, uh, through generosity, uh, though generosity is encouraged, overextended one's help can bring great damage to a friendship. And I think on the last show, we had a person that called in and said, how do you know when you... um, have overstayed your welcome in a friendship or how do you, what needs to be done so that you won't overstay um, your welcome in a friendship. And those are the things that you have to um, consider. You know, I don't want to be overbearing in the friendship. And at the same time, I don't want to um, do less than the other person is doing. So how do I know um, that? Well, the scripture helps us in Proverbs um, chapter six. And it says in verses one, through uh, three, Proverbs chapter six, verse one, verses one through three, and it says, "My son, if you become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands and pledged for a stranger, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, and deliver yourself, for you have come into the hand of, of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Give no sleep to your eyes." nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. So when you have uh, overextended yourself, and sometimes it's when we, we provide more help than uh, we've overextended ourselves when we do more than we can actually um, own up to. Uh, say, for example, the scripture is talking about um, 
you co-signing, say, a loan for somebody or doing something for someone, and you know that you can't uh, fulfill that if anything happens. That means that you've overextended yourself in the friendship. So there are things that you need to be on the watch out for. So as much as I may want to be a friend with you, I don't want to overextend myself, or I don't want to exhaust myself in the friendship. Because what that does, it damages the friendship. Because when I become drained, when I become exhausted in the friendship, now the friendship is damaged. Because now I want to disconnect from you. Because you're too, it, it's too much. It, take, it, it costs me too much to be friends with you. Okay. And so also, what can um, uh, keep us from finding good friends or can separate us from having good friends is gossip. You know, gossip can separate even the best of friends. So if you want to maintain, want to find and maintain good friends, you have to make a commitment not to be a gossiper. And if you're connected with someone who is gossiping, then you have to do one of, one of two things. Number one, you talk to them about gossiping. If they receive it, then um, you make some changes in the friendship. And you talk, they will make changes in the friendship because they will change the type of conversations that they have with you. If they don't receive it, again, it goes back to making a um, hard decision, and that decision might be, I can no longer be friends with you if you continue to have these type of, of conversations because gossip destroys other people's uh, reputations. It destroys their images. It also messes with them emotionally, okay? And there's a difference between discussing an issue with somebody and gossiping about it. Gossip is malicious. That means that when I'm talking, if I'm a gossiper and I'm talking about you, there's a malicious intent behind gossip. That means that whatever I'm saying about you, I am intentionally trying to harm your character. I'm intentionally trying to, to uh, attack you. But now if you did something um, that I'm dissatisfied with and I discuss it with a person that I trust, that's not gossip. That is actually as the word of God says, come let us reason together. That is actually me having a discussion with someone that I t trust to reason out how I feel about what you've done to me or what I found out about you. And so when I have that discussion, the discussion is not to be malicious against you. The discussion is so that I can get another view of it so that whatever decision I make about what has occurred, that I make the decision in the right spirit and according to the right principles that I need to make the the um uh come to a conclusion about the issue or the matter. But when I talk with an intent to hurt you, that's malicious. And so if I take, even if it's true that you've done a particular thing, if I take it and I use it against you, then it's gossip. It becomes malicious. And so you don't want to be connected with people with uh, people whose conversations are always or mostly or the majority of the time is full of malicious intent. That's mean they're always talking negative about somebody, always uh, telling somebody's secrets, so to speak, or telling about their weaknesses or their insecurities or some fall or slip that has happened in their lives, and they're out there trying to get it out so everybody. So because a, a gossiper, their intent is to get you to have the same um, uh, thoughts about the person as they have. They're trying to get you to feel the same way about that person as they feel about that person. It's a malicious intent. So gossip can destroy a good friend or can stop you from keeping a good friend in your life. Uh, also, what can help you find and keep friends is be careful uh, Be careful who you listen to, especially when it concerns your friends. So a lot of times we have friends and our friends are not always as mature as we would like them to be. But um, even in that, we have to be careful with who we listen to. 
Because if that person does something that disappoints you or upsets you, and if the wrong person gets your ear, you're going to find yourself talking and saying negative things about a friend that you cherish, a friend that you care about. And that's not the goal. The goal is not to do that. The goal is to speak the truth and love to that person that they can mature in the things of God and mature in life. So if you listen if you listen, give your ear to the wrong person, then you will not establish good friendships. And the friendship that you do have are going to be hindered or damaged by you listening to the wrong person. Um, also, uh, friends are not jealous, envious, or in competition with each other. We talked about jealousy and envious and being envious. Let's talk about competition. You know, the purpose of the friendship is so that you can complement one another. So when you complement each other, you respect each other, and you see each other differently. When um, the friendship becomes competition, when you see me as your competitor, then you treat me as competition. So you now do exactly what you do in competition. Uh, you try to outsell me, so to speak, if we speak from a competitor, uh, let's say from a sales position. When I'm your competition, you see me um, as someone that you have to compete with. You try to outsell me. You try to outdo me. You outtalk me. You try to outdress me. You try to outthink me when you're in competition with me. You know, so when the friendship becomes a competition, a, uh, a competition um, atmosphere, then every, then somebody in the friendship is always going to be doing something to compete with someone else that's in the friendship. And what that does is it strains the friendship, if, and it also can damage and break the friendship up. Because when people are in competition, when they um, are competing and they're not the ones that's winning the race or they're not the competitor that's on top, then they start saying and doing things that will cause you to make a decision that this is not the best connection. And no matter what you say to that person, no matter how you talk to that person or try to speak to them about um, that you don't need to be competing with me, we're friends. You know, uh, what I have, I share with you. What you have, you share with me. When they get into a competitive mode, all they know is if I can get it from you, I'll take it from you. But they're not in the position or the mindset that they want to give to you. Nobody wants to give their competitor the edge up on them. Nobody gives the competitor information. Nobody shares um, little inside secret trades with the competitor. You compete with the competitor. Now, you'll take from the competitor, but you won't give to the competitor. So if you're in a friendship where there's competition, there's going to be a struggle because I'm competing with you and Nothing is more damaging emotionally, uh, especially if a person is trying to keep compete with your intellect. Uh, intellect. If you're, um, and I'll just say it, if you're more intelligent than the person or you know more than the person and they're um, uh, envious of that or they're jealous of that, the competition, even in that, will not even be a balance or equal, equal competition because you have somebody trying to, who's not as smart trying to compete with somebody who is smart. So how do you how does somebody compete with that? It cause the only competition that is, is available is com, uh, confusion and a lot of tension and stress in the relationship. So you don't want to have any competition in um your friendship. So let's talk about the type of since we're right there, what type, uh, what does the Bible say about the wrong kinds of friends? And here are some things that the Word of God says. I'll give you the scripture. You can write it down. Those who, who continue to offer wrong counsel, that's not good for you. Those are not the friendships that are good for you. You need somebody who 
can give you wise counsel because the word of God said in a multitude of counseling counselors there is safety when your life is filled with revelation from the word of God when there's an impartation from people who are wise in the things of God in the word of God and when there are people who are speaking into your life who are wise in life then your life is surrounded by safety when you're receiving um ungodly counsel or the wrong counsel, then your life is open for danger. You become a target because you are living off of wrong information. And so you can't sustain your life off of wrong counsel because wrong counsel sets you up for a fall. Godly counsel sets you up to live the abundant life. Okay. Also, the Word of God teaches us that those who uh, get you to do wrong things, those are not the kind of friends that you want. Those who are, who tell you, hey, come with us and let's uh, set a trap for somebody else. When people are talking to you about coming against other people, coming, um, those are not the friends that you want. When they can convince you to do wrong things. When they can convince you, oh, nobody's going to know that you took that or nobody's going to know that you padded uh, those numbers. Then you're dealing with the wrong people in your life because I promise you at some point, Spiritual and emotional blackmail is going to show up because they're going to have something on you that they can use against you. And so if you're listening tonight and you didn't hear the show on um, toxic relationships, on emotional, uh, spiritual blackmailers, you need to go back to part um, three, uh, I think it was, and listen to that or part two and listen to it so you can identify who they are. When they get ammunition on you that they can use against you, then you are in trouble. So the people who are convincing you to do wrong, they're not convincing you to do wrong just because they want to see you do wrong. You're going to do wrong, and then they're going to have some ammunition to use against you. And before you know it, you're going to find yourself in a blackmailing situation, all because you listened to the wrong counsel and because you did the wrong thing. Okay. Also, those whose character is devoid of decent things. When you are connected to people who are immoral in life, um, you got that's not the right friendship. You know, and people use all kind of excuses to justify what they're doing. And someone, you know, someone blatantly tell you, "Well, this you knew I was like this when you became friends with me, so you made the friendship, so you knew that." But then you have those who say, "You know, nobody's perfect. I'm only human." You know, when people use that as a crutch to justify immoral things or uh, indecent things that they're doing, then you're in trouble when you can't stand up and say, that's not appropriate for my life, so I I can't be friends with you. If you're going to continue to engage in these type of behaviors and lifestyle practices, that's not for me. But sometimes what we do is we um, crawl up or we back up when people say, well, who are you to judge me? Or you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. If they are a brother or sister in Christ, the word of God says that you can judge them, that you can tell them whether or not their lives are lining up according to the word. If they're not a Christian, you can't make the judgment because they don't live by the Christian standards. So when you find people who are trying to um, justify or rationalize why they do indecent things or immoral things, those are the people that you can be connected with. So they get delivered, till they get set free, you can't be friends with them. Also, uh, those who feel who are filled with anger and uh, bitterness, the Word of God says that you cannot be friends with them. You know, sometimes what we try to do when we um, meet angry people or we befriend angry people, we say, well, you know what, we got to pray for them. And we do. We do have to pray for them. But we can't sit back and watch them go into fits of rage or outbursts um, in restaurants 
um, at home, um, in uh, social gatherings, at church, and then dismiss it by saying, oh, well, you know, sometimes he gets a little angry or sometimes she gets angry and when something makes her mad, she really just goes off. You know, you can't be friends with those types of people. Proverbs chapter 22 Verses 24 and 25 says this, make no friendship, friendship with an angry man and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. The word of God said if you be around, if you make friends with somebody who's angry, you make friends with somebody who is furious, if you go with a furious person, what's going to happen is you're going to learn his ways and you're going to become like him like that person. So a person who is full of anger, a person who is furious all the time, like I said before, mean-spirited, get they throw fits of rages uh, in public and all over, wherever, you know, they're always volatile, they're slamming things, they're using profanity, every, every, any little thing sets them off to the place where they're just, out, I mean, just outraged all the time. You can't make friends with that person. Because you will eventually find yourself becoming just like that person. Okay? Those whose lifestyle goals, whose lifestyle goals and philosophies of life conflict with uh, Christian teaching, you can't be friends with them. How can two walk together except they are great? And then in Corinthians, Second Corinthians, it talks about um, what this light and darkness have in common. You know, when you're going in two different directions spiritually, you can't make friends with those people. Because... You're serving one God, they're serving another God. You're never going to mesh. You're never going to become, you're not going to have an agreement about that. And so you can't become friends with that person. You can witness to them, you can talk to them, you can evangelize, those type of things. But you can't become friends because Jesus said, when he said, I no longer call you servant, I call you friend. And he said, the reason I call you friend is because I can tell you what the father is saying to me. You know, I can tell you the things about the, the father's business. So only the person, you only release the father's business into those who are friends with you who know the father. Okay? Also, uh, those who speak uh, to separate you from your loved ones. When people come into your life, when friends come into your life, and their whole purpose is to um, isolate you from your loved ones, from your family members, from other uh, friends, that, uh, people that you've been friends with for a long period of time, you're not going to be able to be friends with them. Proverbs 26 and 20 says it like this. When there is no word, the fire goes out. And where and where there is no Tailbearer strife ceases. So if don't get connected to somebody who's trying to uh, bring strife into your life, who are trying to divide you from or separate you from your loved ones, because they'll never be able to replace uh, your family members, the ones who are in agreement with you, who you have a good relationship with. Um, They'll never be able to replace them. But if they can isolate you and get you to separate yourself from your loved ones, then what they're going to do is they're going to manipulate and monopolize your life. And they're going to get you to do the things that they want you to do because then they're going to make you feel like they're the only friend that you have. Even your own family, your own family don't even, they don't even love you. I'm the only person that loves you. I'm the only person that wants to be friends with you. Your own family doesn't even want to be friends with you. Nobody understands me. Nobody understands you like I understand you. Watch out for those. Those people that talk like that because they're trying to separate you from the core of your being, from your foundation. And if they can get you away from your foundation, they're going to get you in dangerous territory. And then something's going to happen that's going to be uh, 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 damage your life 
or it's going to be self, uh, become destructive to your life. That's one of the things that the cult leaders do. They isolate people, and they and the way they um, recruit them is they start telling them how concerned they are about them and how you know um, uh, no one is concerned about you like I am, and we'll take care of you. You can be our family. If your family doesn't want you, you can come over here, and you can be a part of this family. You have to pray for a discernment for the Ask God to teach you the words that people use to entice you away from your foundation, away from the people who truly love you. What are the, how, how do I know the, what is the language? How do I oper, uh, recognize the words that they use uh, to um, pull me away from my very, uh, the core of who I am and the relationship that I already have established? Anybody that wants to be your only friend, then that's trouble. Even in marriage relationships, the married couple has friends. You know, when you get to the place, it's just the two of you, and you are not allowing anybody in anywhere, no friendship, no family members, no, then you're, you're in a dangerous uh, situation, period, period. The Word of God teaches us that we are, we are in a, supposed to be in relationship with him, and we're supposed to be in relationship with one another, okay? So those are the things. So let's talk about some of the top Talk about the top five characteristics of a good friendship, and uh, I'll give them to you. You can write them down. Honesty, we, and we've, we've talked about some of these already. Honesty um, is, is a characteristic of a good friendship, and some of the questions you need to ask yourself about a person when you're trying to establish a friendship with them, will, uh, uh, will the person tell me the truth? Well, you know, the best gift that someone can give you is honest affirmation, you know, and honest correction, you know, um, uh, and let's say it like this. Um, when you're establishing friendships, you give people um, permission or you give them the room to you give them um, the go ahead to speak to your life. Not everybody receives that permission. Not everyone has the right to speak into your life this way. And so this right is something that has to be earned, uh, earned by demonstration uh, of their love for you, their loyalty, their commitment to the friendship. So everyone doesn't have a right to speak, not a right, but doesn't have permission to speak into your life like this. And so, so you, you're the one that determines or decides who has been that type of friend to me that they actually, that I can grant them permission to speak into my life. I have some friends that have permission to speak into my life because of the the, uh, the friendship, the type of friendship that has been developed, um, how we've uh, dialogued and shared with each other, and uh, the uh, the honest um, uh, demonstration of true love for the friendship. Um, so they have permission to speak into my life. You know, there are others who I'm developing a friendship with uh, that they have limited permission, but there are some people who actually have unlimited permission uh, to speak into my life. And, and so those people I trust. And so when I release that, 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 that level of permission to them, I'm not concerned about them taking advantage of talking to me or saying things to me. I already know that they already use discernment and wisdom in what they're going to say to me. So when they talk to me, I know. That, that they have permission uh, to do that. I have a friend that I've been friends with for a long time. Her name is Gail. She has permission to speak um, into my life. My friend Pam has been around, uh, has been a friend of mine for a very long time. Uh, so my, th those are two friends, and a friend of mine, Angela, in, in New Orleans, has permission to speak certain things to me because I trust them because they've been faithful and trustworthy in the friendship. 
Um, also, the second characteristic is love. So you have to ask, ask yourself, uh, will the person love me when I'm at the top of the game, when everything is going great, when everything is when I'm, I'm on top, when I'm prosperous, when I'm doing good? Is this person going to love me when I'm at the top of the game, and will they also love me when I'm, I'm at the bottom of the pile? You know, if something collapses, I'm not doing as well, are they still going to love me when I'm at the bottom of the pile? You see, love transcends the seasons of your life. Um, genuine friendships will stay right there. Unconditional love is that it. You know, no matter what happens, you know, um, the word of God says that, that love covers a multitude of sin. And what that means, it doesn't condone it, but what it does, it's strong enough and it's powerful enough that it's able to anchor you back to a rock solid position. So even when you're at the top of your game and you might not need anything right now, there may come a time when you hit rock bottom. Well, love has to be able to anchor you from that friendship, has to be able to anchor you back to a solid place in your life, not just a friendship, but in your life. Number three also is service. You know, would, they, would the person help me? You know, friends help one another. So if, if you're starting a business or if you're doing something, um, uh, can they give you words of encouragement? Can they babysit for you? You know, uh, can they uh, come help you uh, just do anything? Will they be there to help you, period? All right. And then number four is loyalty. You know, will they stick it out with you? Uh, will they defend you when you're being attacked? Will they stick up for you when you're not there? You know, a friend is someone who will not change the conversation when you walk up. Because you, if you've ever been in that situation where you walked up on people talking and the conversation changed when you, when you walked up and, and somebody in the group is somebody that you consider to yourself to be in a good friendship with, you will begin to second guess that person. Because if they don't tell you later what that conversation, if they never bring it up, then you think, okay, you know, when I walked up, she stopped talking. She's supposed to be my friend. Or when I walked up, he stopped talking. Wait a minute, something's going on. So you have to know if that person is going to be loyal to the friendship. And then also, number five is receiving. Will you receive from me? Um, you know, uh, uh, will they receive from you? Will you receive from them? A good friendship is only as strong as the the neediest friend. So, and I'm not talking about needy, like off, like abnormal neediness. I'm talking about um, if you need something and you're in a, a friendship with somebody, can you truly receive from them? If you need some financial assistance and they have it and they offer it to you, can you receive it or will you second guess it? You know, so if you, um, let's put it like this, you, you go out to lunch or dinner and the, your friendship, the friend says, you know, well, I'll pay for lunch this time or I'll pay for dinner this time. Do you have a receiving spirit or will you second guess what they're doing? Or will you always jump in there? Oh, no, I could pay my own way. I don't need nobody to pay for my lunch. I could do this myself. Will you miss the opportunity to receive from the friendship just because you are independent? And so the five top characteristics of a good friendship are honesty, honesty number one, number two, love, number three, service, number four, loyalty, number five, receiving. And so we're going to take just a just a quick, short break. I see we got some some people on the line, and they the, the little hand is up, so they have comments that they want to make. So if, if you're listening by Internet and uh, you have access to your phone or you have a comment or a question that you would like to ask, well, we'll stop and uh Take a few comments and questions right now. The number to call in is 646-929-2431. The number, again, if you have a comment or uh, a question, is 646-929-2431. Or if you're in the chat room and you want to uh, post something, if you post it, uh, I will comment 
uh, on anything that you post uh, if you're a part of the chat room. And so we're going to go to um, area code 225 with the prefix of uh, 323 and see uh, and hear this person's comment or um, hear the question. Hello. Hello, you're on. Hey, how you doing? I am blessed. Uh, I was just I just tuned in to the broadcast and uh just listening, uh pretty much just listening on the uh the notes, uh as far as that's that's it's pretty in depth as far as the different friendships that you're talking about. Uh, and I can relate to a lot of them. I seen uh some some instances. Uh and one of them really that brought to mind as far as like uh, uh like when you're in a relationship, either like a married relationship or a dating relationship how you would want to allow other people to come in. It's not just you two, but you have to open your world up to other people. You know, That's and 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 how you mention that if you don't, then you're in a dangerous situation. I mean, I, I find that to be quite interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Usually when a person wants to isolate you, you know, separate you from your family, separate you from other friends that you have, and they get to the place where they just want to, he or she wants to be the only friend that you have, Usually mm-hmm. that is, that is a sign of um, uh, uh, an unhealthy relationship that could possibly turn to an abusive type uh, relationship, whether it's emotionally abusive or whether it's actually physically abusive. So you have to watch the people who actually want to separate you, pull you totally away from family, friend, other friends, and just say, oh, I want you all to myself. You know, mm-hmm. no, you, I'm the only person that you need. When you when you find when somebody is like that, that's a red flag. So if you have other friends, you need to dialogue with other friends about what that person is saying and how they're saying. You know, the comments they're making to you about, you know, I want you to myself or I want you away from other people. So you have to you have to if you're unsure, the best thing to do is to run it by somebody that you trust mm-hmm. and let them discern the comments that the, this person you know this person might be making to you. Um, you know, and you can get a, 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 a neutral opinion on it. And the, the interesting thing about that is when you get that opinion, if it's, if it's a godly opinion, is you're now challenged to adhere to that opinion. So now you have to go back and tell the person, that's not the type of friendship I want. I want to stay connected to my family. I want to stay connected to other friends that I have. I'm not interested in being just two people in a friendship. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thank you for calling in. All right. All right. Uh, we want to thank him for uh, the comment and uh, the question, rather. And so, and keep that in mind, again, if somebody's trying to isolate you or pull you away where it's just the two of you, then you need to talk with somebody about that because that may not be a healthy um, situation. And so, um, again, if you have a comment or a question, you can call 646 uh, 2431 and if you would press number one at any time if you were listening by phone that would let me know that you have a comment because a little hand will go up it's like you're raising your hand in class and I'll know that um, you have a comment that you want to make and, we, and we'll bring you on live on the air so the number again is 646-929-2431 and at any moment you can press the number at any time you can press the number one on your phone and it lets me know you have a comment or a question and so as we are Let's move on and let's talk about what are the marks of a good friendship. And again, um, you know, we were talking about uh, 
we were coming from Proverbs chapter uh, 27. And let's go down, if you're with me, down to uh, verses uh, 17 through 19. Very interesting uh, passage, and it says, as, starting with verse 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the continent of his friends. Whoever keeps the fig tree will eat his fruit. So he who waits on his master will be honored. As in the water, face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. And so that's what you have to pray, that God would allow you to see a person's heart. And the heart, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the heart, you don't necessarily, you know, uh, have to be God to do that, but you need spiritual discernment. And so the heart shows up in conversation, it shows up in actions, it shows up in behavior. As a man speaketh in his heart, it shows up in their thoughts, which is synonymous with mind. So uh, as a, um, a man speaketh in his heart, so is he. Okay, and so that's how you know uh, uh, the character of a person. So what are the marks of a good friend? Number one, iron sharpens iron. That's verse 17. A good friend will challenge what you think and even who you are. And that's the kind of friend that you want. You want a friend that will challenge you, a friend that will challenge you to go farther, a friend that will challenge you to grow up, a friend that will challenge you to do better, a friend that will challenge you to learn more, do more, go, you know, go farther in your father, in your career, in your life, become matured, you know, um, as you uh, begin to, uh, in the friendship, as you test yourself against each other, you rub away uh, those qualities that are loose and weak. Because if you trust that friend, you will value what that friend says. And so when you begin to, when iron sharpens iron, what happens is those things that are getting in the way of the friendship, well, they're actually um, uh, take, uh, sh- uh, sharpened off. And then what is left is a stronger, better you and a stronger, better friendship. And so uh, you sharpen each other in thought and in character. And so iron sharpens iron. That's the a, that's a first thing. That's one of the first marks of a good friendship. Um, another mark is that the best friendship are those with, where both persons are strong in their faith and they encourage each other to grow stronger in it. And that's what you want, somebody who can push you to grow stronger in your faith, grow, grow stronger in your walk with God, to become a stronger person just in life. You know, a good friend is somebody that will tell you, you know what, you, you, you are, you're a little sensitive in that area. You got you to gotta get stronger in your emotions. You can't take everything personal. You can't be defensive all the time. You know, a good friend will know how to push you to go, um, to become stronger and encourage you to grow stronger in life. And then one, the last mark that I want to talk about of a good friendship is that, um, uh, a good friends are those who sharpen you in good ways instead of cutting you to pieces. So, you know, you can be friends with somebody who is really a, a, a dynamite person, could be a smart business person, could be very intellectual, can be, uh, uh, strong in their emotions, strong in their mindset, but if they don't know how to share those things with you, what will happen is they will cut you to pieces instead of doing things that will cause you to grow. And so you want somebody who can sharpen you in good ways instead of cutting you to pieces. The person of the purpose of the iron sharpening iron, iron is not so that one iron can cut the other iron up into pieces. It's so that they both can be sharp. It's so that they can both be uh, utensils or um, uh, uh, things that can be used that can uh, sharpen other things. Okay, so as friends, you need to be able to sharpen each other so that you can go forward in life and be the best person that you can be. But at the same time, when you make another friend, you can also sharpen that friend. Okay, and so that's what you want to keep in mind. 
Um, and so here are 10 points to maintain a friendship. And so this is, we want to talk about the fine art of friendships, how to maintain friendship. Number one, focus on what you can give to a friend, not on what you get out of a friendship. Now, we know it's mutual, but it should not be one-sided. And so that statement is not, that's not trying to say that you should not ever get anything out of a friendship, but you should also be giving something to the friendship. So if being happy is your only motive, for wanting someone to be your friend, then you're not being a real friend. So don't get caught up in um, uh, just wanting uh, people in your life because they're meeting all of your needs and you're not giving back uh, to um, them. So you have to be in a position where you not only receive from the friendship, but you also are giving to the friendship. So focus on what you can give to to a friend because when you focus on that, it challenges you to look at your strengths. You know, what is it that you have that is complementary to this friendship? What is it that you have that is that will strengthen this friendship? What are the qualities and the gifts and the talents and um, the things that you have that are strong within you that if you bring them to this friendship, the friendship becomes stronger? Number two, encourage your friend. Okay, real friends inspire and push each other to be the best that they can be uh, rather than dragging each other down. And we talked about that earlier. You know, anybody that's trying to drag you down, anybody's trying to beat you down, that's not the friend that you want. You want the friend that, it can, that can encourage you and inspire you to be the very best you can be. If you have a vision or a dream, you want that friend that can tell you, go for it. And if you need me to do anything, you need me to help you with it, let me know what it is I can do for you. You want that friend that can pick the phone up and say, what have you done for your dream today? What is it that you've done um, in, uh, in reference to your purpose? If you're going to start a business, okay, who did you call today? What vendors did you speak to? Or, you know, what workshop did you attend? Or, you know, did you go to the SBA office? Or have you gone to SCORE? And have you sat in on some of their free business seminars? You want the person who can encourage you to be the best that you can be. If you're called to ministry, you want that person to say, did you study today? You know, did you check with the seminaries in the Bible colleges or the schools of ministry to see if there's one that is, uh, that, that is a, a good fit for you so that you can get the academic training you need for ministry service? You want somebody to challenge you to be good, to be the best that you can be, you know, uh, with, uh, and, and, and if you're already on a particular level, you want a friend that can say, hey, what have you done lately to improve what you're doing? You know, what, you know what's, what's the last manual you wrote? Or what's the last idea you had about a book? You know, you want that person that can challenge you to go to the next level. Every few months, every year, the challenges go to the next level. Some of my friends at the top of the year, we always talk about what we believe God is going to do in our lives for that particular year. And then we stay on top of each other to make sure it's done. Unfortunately, they have to stay on top of me more than I have to stay on top of them because they're always asking me, what have I done lately? And sometimes I have to say nothing. But you want the people who can who can nudge you on, okay? Number three, be willing to forgive. We're not perfect. We know that, right? And so don't let hurt turn into a grudge. If you get a, if you get hurt by one of your friends that you truly love, that you truly value, that's been loyal and faithful to the friendship, then cool down for a minute, and then you need to call, pick up the phone, or schedule a lunch date and say, hey, I was really hurt by what you did. Let's talk about it. And you, you got to talk that thing out, get it out on the table, Resolve that issue and move on because you can't keep changing friends every time you get hurt because you can get hurt every day. You, it's, you're not going to have enough people to be friends with if you get if you dissolve a friendship just because you're hurt. And I know that there's some things that people do that cross um, the boundary line and they go too far and you do have to shut everything down. But you can, you can get hurt by what somebody says to you or you can get hurt because they didn't show up for an event. You know, or you can get hurt because 
they didn't, uh, they weren't there when you got your award on your job or, you know, they didn't come check on you when you're in the hospital, you know, when you had surgery, that kind of thing. So you have to be able to say, you know what, I am hurt by that, but let's talk that out. Don't turn it into a grudge because grudge, a grudge can end and destroy, can destroy in a friendship. All right. Um, learn to forgive uh, a friend and move on in the friendship. All right. Number four, tactfully point out their mistakes. So if you get to that place, you have to be able to uh, tactful, uh, in with all wisdom, tactfully point out the mistakes that they make. You know, I have some friends I have to be real careful with, real cautious. They're very sensitive, you know, so I have to be real tactful with. Then I have some friends I could just blatantly say what I need to say, and they get it. And they're not offended by it. They're not hurt by it. You know, they just say, ouch, you know, and they move on. But then there are some friends that I have I have to be very careful with how I say say things to them because they're a little sensitive. And so if you want to uh, show concern for people and for your friends, make sure you're tactful in pointing out their mistakes. If you really care about them, um, point out the, the mistakes, but be specific in um, giving them an example of what they're good at. Don't just point out the mistakes and never point out what they're good at. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you're reviewing something that they've written and it's not quite right, then you can say, you know, this part right here is really good, but... You may want to fine-tune the grammar in this area right here. There's always a way to say something. Uh, the, um, uh, the Word of God says a soft answer turns away wrath. Sometimes we have to learn how to speak softly. And what I mean by that is we have to watch the words that we use when we're talking to people about their mistakes, about their mishaps, about their shortcomings. We have to be careful how we actually talk to them um, about that. And if it's a friend that you really love and that you care about, don't easily walk away from a friendship just because you, you find out that your friend has a fault or you see a fault in your friend. Okay. Um, help them to change. You know, talk to them about it. Find out what it is, what role can you play in helping them, helping to bring about change in um uh, the word of God said that, that those who are overtaken in the fall, that those of you who are strong, restore them gently. So we have to worry. We have to talk to people um, and get input from them or feedback from them on what is it I can do to help you become better. You know, I don't want to just walk away because usually when people are caught up in some things or they have certain faults, they're used to people walking away. And what that does is that's more hurt. That's more pain. But if you can hang around and stick around, then the person might be open to change, and you might be that, 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 that instrument of change or that, that instrument of reconciliation that you can bring about change in that person's life and bring them to a place where they're in good standing, okay? Also, number five, be reliable. When you say you're going to do something or say you're going to uh, be somewhere, uh, let your word be your bond, okay? You're not a good friend when you um, say you're going to do something and you never do it. It's one thing if something happens and you can't fulfill it. But then you have people who never honor their word. When you have five people who never honor their word, they're not good friends. So if you're going to be a good friend, if you're going to develop the fine art of, uh, of friendships, then you have to become be reliable. Okay. Then number six, don't try to control your friends. We're not there. You're not. You're not in the friendship. To, we're not told to control each other in the word of God. We're not. We're not told to control each other. That is abnormal. When you find people who want to control you, we usually call them control freaks. Freaks. When they want to control your life, that is an abnormal situation. So um, uh, real friendship, if you understand real friendship, does not mean that you always have to be together. You know, it may be uh, tempting uh, to have a fun person in uh, around you all the time. Uh, 
uh, but you cannot control your friends. So you can't get threatened when, or feel threatened when they when they are friends with someone else. And so they're spending time with other people. You can't um, be threatened by that. And so if you are afraid to let your friends out of your sight, then you're probably afraid of losing them. So good friendships will endure times apart or when you spend time apart from each other. Uh, when you um when you spend time um away from each other, so don't try to control your friends. Number seven, be there for the good and for the bad times. We talked about that before. Uh, celebrate them if your friends are excited about something. Don't uh, just be there uh, in good times when your friends are upset about something. Give them your full uh, attention. Be there. Be give a sympathetic ear. You know, let them know that you understand their feelings, you understand what they're going through. Offer them some uh, words of encouragement, and if needed, give them advice, you know, because if they trust you um, as a dear friend, then you can't be afraid to give them advice. You know, sometimes we say, well, I'm not trying to tell nobody what to do and all that kind of Sometimes we need to tell people what to do because whatever they're going through is so overwhelming that they need direction, and we uh, do them a disservice when we don't speak direction into their lives and teach them or give them this practical, strategic steps that they need to make it through what they're going through. So if it's somebody that you're dear to, and that's something you can, can iron out and talk about and resolve why, as the friendship is growing, again, it goes back to, do you know, have you granted me permission to speak certain things into your life? And when you give me that permission, when I see you going through something and you need some strategic steps on getting out of it, then I'm going to say, let's get together and I'm going to give you a, a game plan on how to make it through what you're going through. Also, uh, number eight, learn to accept uh, personality differences in your friends. Um, be careful not to evaluate other people by how you react in a particular situation. I do that sometimes. You know, I say if it were me, you know, but it's not me. So you have to be careful not to do that. So uh, don't don't um, take the, uh, their behavior or their decision or their opinions so personal that you can't allow them to be different than you. So there has to be some difference among friends. So don't be threatened by differences. Now, if it's, as I said earlier, if it's something immoral, that kind of thing, then that's different. Then we're not talking about that. We're just talking about having a difference of opinion or they don't like what you like. Maybe you like, um, you know, um, pancakes with um, strawberries on top. Not like plain pancakes with hot syrup. You know, so those are just, you know, and that's like a little fun example. But there are times when we have just a different, then we're different. And we have to be, we have to be a, a open to those differences. Um, number four, nine, don't be a blabbermouth. Or another way to say that is don't be a, 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 a confidence breaker. You know, when your friend trusts you, they trust you. And so that means when you have confidential conversations with your, with your friend or friends, then you can't go and break that confidence. Because nothing is more damaging to a friendship than broken confidence. That means that my most intimate uh, areas of life that I share with you, I can no longer share them with you because I'm going to hear them somewhere. And that's not good. It's not wise. But to be a, it's just not a good practice to be a tailbearer or a blabbermouth. You just talk all the time. You have to uh, make a commitment to confidentiality in a friendship. So if I talk to my friends, I say, hey, this is between you, between the two of us. This is confidential. I want to share with you what I'm, something I'm going through or something that happened. I just want to get your feedback on it. I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want, I don't want, to, I want this to get out. And then there's some conversations that we have. We don't care. Who knows? But so don't, don't break confidence in a friendship. And the last uh, point, and these are 10 points to maintain friendship. Number 10 is don't let arguments destroy your friendship. 
Okay, so if you're having a discussion with somebody, with one of your friends, and, you know, they're disagreeing and things get a little tense, get a little heated in there, um, uh, don't let allow arguments to destroy uh, the friendship. Uh, just drop it. Um, uh, make a decision that we, we decide to agree to disagree. And that's the best uh, thing that you can do because nothing um, – I know some arguments can be heated, but if you're always arguing with your friends, that's a different thing. But sometimes you can have conversation and you'll say, well, no, no, I disagree with that. Well, no, that's, I don't think that's how that goes. That's not my opinion. If you know your friends well, you will not be bothered by their disagreements. You know, you'll be able to have that conversation, and when you get to the end of the conversation, you either resolve to a point where everybody can agree, or you will make a resolve that, well, you know what, this is something we agree to disagree on, that we have a difference of opinion on, you know. But, again, don't take it so personal that you can't maintain the friendship. All right. Um, and so those are the ten ways to um, to actually identify or to be, um, to maintain a good friendship. And so as we are winding down again, if you want to call in, if you have a comment or a question, or if you're in the, the chat room, you can post a comment or a question. If you're listening by phone, you can call 646-929-2431. And at any time, if you want to make a comment, you can actually press the number 1, and a hand will go up, and I'll know that you want to make a comment. And so here's a good, uh, six ways to be a good friend um, with someone else or spend time together. Uh, of course, you know that if you're building a friendship or establishing a friendship, in order to actually establish a good friendship, you have to spend time together. That's how you get to know each other. Okay, um, uh, we can do that by telephone. You can do it by email. You can do it by going to lunch, going to dinner together, going to each other's homes or apartments, and sharing uh, things, going to different events that you you know uh, that each other that you're a part of. Also, uh, make your friends a priority. You know, um, I know there are things that come up in life, but if you're always putting your friends off, then the friendship is not a priority to you because even in your busy schedule, you can make time for a friend. You might say, hey, well, I can't do lunch this week because I have to do a lot of overtime or I have something, a project that I'm working on. I have something, an event I have coming up. i got to make sure everything is squared away. If you can hold off until Saturday of this week, I can do lunch. And the person will say, oh, well, yeah, Saturday is good. So you, no matter how busy you are, you can always make time for your friends. Even if you say, listen, I, can, I, can, I want to talk to you, but I can't talk to you until after 10 o'clock. You know, if you're going to stay up, and, and I'll call you, and we, can, and we can talk. But it'll have to be after 10. You know, something like you, you will know. Um, you will learn through the friendship how to make time for each other. And you will understand when there are times when you actually cannot get together. Also, uh, be there for good and bad. I've said that over and over again throughout this show. You know, uh, one of the ways that you show that you are a good friend, good friend is that um, you show up for funerals, for weddings, you know, when a person is in the hospital, whether it's surgery or just they're going to the hospital for a test or whatever the case may be, or there are celebrations going on in that person's life, birthday, children's birthday, uh, mother's birthday, retirements, whatever the case may be, show up for those events. If you really want to build a good friendship and be a good friend, show up for those types of events. If you can't make it, send a card, um, make a telephone call, do what you have to do, but some type of way, be a part of the event. 
So you have to uh, be there for good and for bad, not just when something is going on. It's the same thing with funerals. Uh, when you get bad news, bad reports, you go over to the house, you sit there, you know, for a period of time. Or if it's a funeral, you show up for the funeral. You send uh, your condolences through a card, sympathy cards. You uh, send flowers. You do what you have to do to show the person that you are a true friend. All right, in the friendship, to be a good friend, don't keep score. It goes back to what I said. It's not competition. So don't keep score. Uh, uh, don't uh, keep score on who made the last call, who bought the last lunch, you know, those kind of things. Uh, who spent the most on Christmas gifts. These are the kind of things that create uh, um, tension in friendships. You know, uh, did you forget the person's birthday? You know, um, uh, if you did. If somebody forgot your birthday, then, hey, cut them a little slack. You know, say, okay, you forgot my birthday. Okay, well, since you forgot my birthday, you have to do something extra special now. There are ways that, you know, because I know I forget some of my friends' birthdays, even if I, I don't even know if I know everybody's birthday, but I forget them sometimes. And so you can't take that so personal that when the person discovers or realizes that they forgot your birthday, give them a chance to um, make it up to you, you know. Um, so, okay. Also, um Another thing is focus on the positive. You know, uh, we all have weaknesses. We all have our own little faults and all that kind of stuff. But focus on the pos- on the on the uh, on the positive. Uh, to be a good friend, um, you know, recognize that uh, there are going to be some unpleasant things. But if you focus on the positive things, that's where you're building your foundation at on the positive. All right. And so again, we have just a few minutes left. If you want to uh, make a comment, you can call 646-929-2431, press the number one, and we'll bring you on so that you can make um, the comments. And so as we um, close, I'm going to talk to you about the fine art of friendship. And uh, to to develop the fine art of friendship, there are four strong qualities of good friendship, and that's interest, love, sympathy, and sacrifice. The first one, interest. It's when the inner souls of the friends are knitted together. And we talked about that when Jonathan and David's souls were knitted together. They instantly became friends. And so there will be a common thread between friendships. There will be something that you, some interest that you share um, in friendship. And so you have to identify those uh, friendships. And so I'm going to stop right there. And uh, we have a call from um, area code 901. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, how you doing, Minister London? I'm good. How are you? Okay, uh, I kind of caught just caught a little bit of uh, your uh, uh, your conversation. Uh, uh, it, I assume it's about friendship. Yes, it is. Okay, okay. Uh, yes. I was wondering if you could just kind of fill me in just a little bit more. I kind of caught okay. just uh, yeah about five minutes of it. Okay. Right now we're talking about um, the, the the fine art of friendship, how to, to establish good friendships. And the first thing I said right here, and we've been talking about some qualities of friends, and we're talking about some things to watch out for, like um, you don't want to become friends with a person who is um, a confidence breaker or who uh, uh, is a tail bearer. You know, you tell that person something, and then all of a sudden your information, your confidence, is you're hearing it from somebody you didn't tell it to. We're also talking right. about... You know, we talked about on the show how you have to be a good friend. That means that you have to give to the relationship as well, receive from the friendship. It's not always about receiving 
from the friendship. It's about giving to the friendship. So you have to recognize or identify what are your strengths, your gifts, your, you know, what do you bring to the friendship? And what is it that you have that will strengthen the friendship and whatever that is, that's what you give to the friendship. And then we have to allow for some room for differences. We're not, God didn't create us the same. And so, even though, you know, of course, you hear people say your DNA is different, your fingerprints are different, but we're not created the same. We have some differences. And so, if you're going to be in a good friendship, you have to allow for some differences. And I'm not talking about, as I said, immoral, indecent behavior, but differences like you might like strawberries on top of your pancakes. I just like plain syrup on top of mine. You like whipped cream, strawberries, and all that other stuff. You know, or you like to go, um, when you go to the movies, you might like horror flicks. You know, I like love stories. You know, we have to allow for differences and make some compromise in those differences. And so uh, what I just talked about was identifying four strong qualities of good friendship. And the first one is interest. There has to be some common interest that the friends share in the friendship. And and the best way to work that out is, I mean, that that is a um, a part of the the development or establishment of the friendship. Is you have to ask questions and what happens through conversations. You just talk about what your interest what your interests are, what you like. Sometimes if you're just watching television and something comes on on a commercial or you see a certain type of program, something is featured on that program, you'll start saying, "Oh man, you know, I kind of like that," or you know, you know, I you know, um, uh, I like going to that restaurant. You ever been to that restaurant? So your interest. When you're developing the friendship, show will come up through conversation. And as the, as the friendship goes on, it comes up through, you know, just different things that you do uh, in right. the friendship. Have you found right. it in your friendships? Um, how do you, how, how do you uh, identify the common interest? Uh, well, the common interest, uh, you know, probably when I was in college, you know, a lot of uh, the friends I had, I was involved with, you know, the common interest was uh, just, you know, uh, drinking beer and that kind of thing, you know. And that was the thing that, you know, kind of tied us together, you know. And, uh, you know, and I found out that's not a, that's not a good, that's not a good foundation. <laughs> right. You know, you know, and as uh, a matter of fact, I could think about, ooh, maybe 20 or so years ago, I was with a friend of mine and thought he was my friend and we went out to Orleans and, Guy left me out there, and, and knew all, you know, he got angry behind something. You know, it, this is somebody I thought was a good friend of mine. Left me out there, and I had to call my sister from Baton Rouge uh, to come pick me up. <laughs> okay. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, and I, I you know, and I, I tell you, a friend will never, a good friend, a true friend will never do nothing like that. Right. And we talked about that earlier in the show, that when you connect with people, who are, are engaging in certain lifestyle practices or behavior practices, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself doing exactly what they're doing. And, you know, um, in another part of the show, we talked about anger. If you're connected with somebody, the word of God says, don't, don't, don't be involved with an a angry, a angry person. Because if you are, if you go places with somebody that's angry, you're going to become just like the angry man. And so, you know, and that's what happens with, with outbursts of anger. You know, it doesn't take anything. It just takes a little bit to, for a person who's angry. It just takes a little bit to set them off. And when they, get set, right. when, they get, when they get set off, what happens is they leave you stranded. You know, they do all kinds of things, but they do as you said. They leave you stranded. That's right. It, it, yeah, right. And you see how, far, you see how, how, how thin the thread is between you. Right, absolutely, absolutely. And so then, right. what happens is when you're left when you're left stranded, 
then now several things have to happen. Number you have to realize those are the wrong friends. Then you have to realize you're somewhere where you uh you have have no mode of transportation or no way of getting home and you're not that far from home but you're a good distance you can't walk home. Okay? Right. Then you have to now call somebody, your sister you said, call somebody and ask them to come to where you are that travel that distance to come get you. So you already know that when she comes to get you and you get in the car, now I got to have a conversation about who left me out here. Right. Yeah. I got to talk about who left me out here. So I got to rehash it over again, you know, and then, as I said earlier, there are times where you have to actually listen. Well, you know, you, sometimes when you find yourself in situations like this, the, per, the person that comes in to aid you, then we have to take wise counsel, you know. And so, but sometimes in situations like you probably were in, sometimes people will come pick you up and they're mad because they got to come get you because you were with the wrong person. Right. So they're not angry like the person who left you stranded, but there is a uh, a legitimate right. anger. Right. right. There's a righteous indignation because had you not been with that person, and uh, you would not have been stranded. Right. right. But a lot of times we don't share with our family and friends who our, our family members, who our friends are. Sometimes they know some of our friends, but they don't know all our friends. Right. Right. We don't tell them all, everybody. And so, right. All right. And so, so that's that was um, some of the um, the um, the uh, things that we. Uh, have been talking about. So I want to thank you uh, for your uh, for your comment. And so, uh, if you uh, again, if you're listening by internet and you want to call in, you can call six four six nine two nine twenty four thirty one, and uh, you can be a part of the phone call six four six nine two nine twenty four thirty one. And so we're going to go on and just close it, uh, wrap, start wrapping it up. I'm going to give you those four qualities. Interest. We talked about that. Love is the most powerful force in the universe, and love and friendship is expressed through trust, shared confidences, and kept promises, right? And so the scripture tells us in John 13, um, chapter 13, uh, verse uh, 34, it says this. It says, um, a new covenant I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and that you also love one another. And so the expression of love in a friendship is the greatest expression that um, – uh, the friends can show to one another. Um, it relates, uh, if you can love one another as the way God has told us to love one another, that is the best expression. Also, number three, uh, the third quality is sympathy, and that's having a genuine concern for the other person. Uh, it's Like I said, it's, it's shown by being there, by understanding, having a willing heart, having uh, uh, open hands uh, to help them through time. Uh, to rejoice when they rejoice, to cry when they cry. And number four, sacrifice. In friendship is shown when you recognize that there are times when you must put your friends' needs before your own. There are times when you have to put everything you're doing down and go help the friend. Okay. Uh, and, and if you're going to be a true friend, there are times you have to do it even when that person is not necessarily showing you the same in return. Uh and uh, John 15 and 13 says, "No, um, the greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so sacrifice, you have to sacrifice and sometimes put your friends' needs uh, before um, your own needs. Um, and so when you begin to develop these four qualities or when they're present um, in a friendship, you have built a strong foundation that will sustain the friendship for a lifetime, and, uh, and the values of a strong 
foundation in a friendship are constructive criticism. You got to be open to when the person needs to speak into your life. That's Proverbs 27, 6. Helpful advice, Proverbs 27, 7. Remember, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the trustworthiness of your friend's voice that you, you'll never be able to replace that. Also, faithfulness, Proverbs 17, 7. Also, um, uh, the values that will also help the friendship pass the test is the continued loyalty, the willingness to sacrifice, and obedience to the spirit, and like-mindedness. Those are good qualities of the French of a friendship. And so um, I want to thank you so much um, for tuning in. And again, we have just a couple of minutes left. So if you're on the uh, on, listening by phone and you have a comment about friendship, please call area code six four six nine two nine twenty four thirty one six four six nine two nine twenty four thirty one and press the number one at any time when you're on the line and I will know that you have a comment that you want to make. So um, again if you have not been able to visit uh, the website or have not gone to the website yet, I want to encourage you to go to www gingerlondon.com please become an e-club member so that we can send you uh ministry updates you can get a uh, get our heart-to-heart newsletter um also you can there's in the, on the website is a study room so if uh, you can go to the study room and study with us on different issues or different topics um also we have um the safe place where we post some um some articles on emotional concern and then offer um a prayer uh for you um and so there are many different things that you can, uh, if you take the website, take some time and go around and visit it. But also on the website, you can find a copy of the the study manual that this teaching is taken from, and that's called Friends, Foes, and Fellow Christians. And it talks about all of these things we discussed in these four parts in more detail. Also in the study manual, we have some what we uh, what I call um, life-changing uh, uh, exercises for you where you have to answer questions and take an uh, interpersonal look at where you are as it relates to establishing friendships, being a good friend, recognizing, um, with, uh, uh, knowing how you have the power of choice, how to make good choices. Um, there's also uh, a segment that we didn't do from the manual that's in the manual, manual study manual called Liars, Cheaters, and Trap Setters. When to re- how to recognize them and how to how to get out of a friendship when you're involved with liars, cheaters, and trap setters. That is one of the number one teachings that I have, but that's actually in that manual, friends, foes, and fellow Christians. So please go to the website, take a look at it, um, and secure order your copy of the study manual so that you can get more detailed and get some interpersonal um, lifestyle exercises that you can um, do to help you to be a better friend and to help you select better friends how this has been the, this has been the last the fourth part of a four-part series and it's uh friends foes and fellow christians how to make good choices in your personal business and spiritual relationships and how to avoid the wrong ties this is minister ginger london i want to thank you for tuning in to the show on tonight god bless you it is my prayer that god will equip you and empower you to be the best friend you can possibly be and that he will give you a spirit of discernment so that you can select the best possible friends for your life and that you will not get entangled with people who are trying to sabotage and destroy the foundational character that is already within you and so if you're someone who has not been a good friend i want to encourage you to become the best become the best possible friend that you can be uh 
to other people. And so as we just have like a few seconds left, left, let's close it out with prayer. And then I will see you on the next blog talk radio show father we thank you on this evening we bless your name we pray for everyone that is listening by phone if they have been struggling with friendships lord god we pray that this wisdom will be the empowerment that they need to go forward and to become the best friends that they can be and also to give them the uh the discerning spirit that they need to select the friends that will be most fitting for their lives Anyone that is connected to them right now that is sabotaging their life, attacking them in any way, we pray for a transition that you would teach them how to end that friendship. In, uh, and if, it's re- if it is salvageable, that there will be a ministry of reconciliation. But we thank you for your word. We bless your name and we're honored that you love us enough to speak to us about the matter of friendship. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.